Hello and welcome. Welcome to a wee bit Brezzy podcast. I'm Candice. And I'm Lynn. And here you're going to hear us talk about some probably inappropriate things. Yeah, we're just two cousins hanging out, yeah. talking about conversations yeah. inappropriate. There'll be lots of laughs. And some teasing. And it might get a wee bit spicy every now and then. I hope you join us. Leave meeting. Don't leave the leave meeting. meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Do not, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> you're stuck with us for the next 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast. Um, we actually have our very first guest um, on the podcast ever. And she is very near and dear to both of Len and I. Um, so welcome, Lise. Welcome to our little corner of the world. Welcome. Um, yeah. Thank do you me. want to do like a bit of a, an introduction about yourself? Uh, yes. <laughs> like what, I love that the introduction is like, what do you want to know? Do you want like my favorite color? Do you want my trauma? <laughs> <Go in some ways. laughs> yeah. What do you need do to you, know? Do you want all my, the boxes that I check? <laughs> <laughs> oh or goodness. don't yeah yeah i yeah. can see where this is going and it's going to be fun yeah um, totally <laughs> sure yeah my name is lise gillis um korean mat on my dad's side and mixed european on my mom's swedish and scottish my family comes from northern saskatchewan um specifically uh metis nation and isla cross saskatchewan um i live in cowichan tribes territory the beautiful unceded ancestral territory of the cowichan tribes in maple bay with my daughter um what else do you want to know you have a puppy named cedar i have a dog named cedar yeah. and if you could see her you would know exactly why she's called <laughs> she is the color of cedar and actually there's some candace cedar oh on yeah that is the same color as my dog Aww. I couldn't think of anything else. Wonderful. Yeah. So Lise and I met, I don't know, like seven years ago, I want to say, working in a school district together. Um, and just like this instant bond, instant connection. And then, yeah, we haven't been able to get rid of each other since. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so as per usual, of course, Len is here. You haven't heard his voice very much yet, but um, well, we here. have to start off. <laughs> <laughs> Move over, Len. Yeah. Women are talking. <laughs> um, as always, we do like to start off with like an icebreaker, what's up, cuzzy question. So Lise has our what's up, cuzzy question, and Len and I have no idea what it is. So uh, is this like a batten down the hatches or Take is it this away, gonna... Lise? I... Yeah literally have been pouring over this in my brain for the last few hours and <laughs> it'll start with I'll give you just a little bit of context before you answer so recently Lay's potato chips came out with the all of the really different cultural flavors like masala and you could get all of these crazy potato chips oh my god what would be your crazy childhood comfort food <laughs> community potato chip that's what I want to know. Pick me. Pick oh me. my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, as soon as go you first. said lace potato chips, I knew where this was going. And I'm like, I have an answer. 
Um, oh, right off the top of my head, I can say it would have to be an Indian taco, but it's got to be like with the bannock flavor in combination with the salsa and the sour cream and the chili, mm. right? Yeah. That yeah. is, that's got to be, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would uh, go real tradish. <laughs> Smoked salmon. Yeah. Oh, yes. That would See, be and really I was good. like, I'm like, where could you even go with that? Like fried bologna? <laughs> like hamburger soup? Right, craft dinner with pork and beans on top. Craft <laughs> <laughs> dinner with hot dogs and ketchup. Uh-huh. Hamburger yeah. soup did cross my mind. Hamburger yeah. soup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what we always called Indian soup in our family. Yeah. 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 What What would be your top choice out of those ideas for you, Lise? Um, oh, I don't want to play favorites here. <laughs> <laughs> but if I had my choice, I would take smoked salmon over anything because uh, <laughs> we don't get to eat it at my house and my parents, right. us, and we don't get to have it because my dad will not eat anything smoked. Cause that was the only way that they had to preserve, like right. lived and apparently died eating smoked. <laughs> and so, yeah, there's no smoked anything in this house. <laughs> anymore. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So everything, everything smoked um okay well here's just something random then what what do you think would be really good smoked that you haven't had before Everything i don't know what it's good yeah i thought about marshmallows smoked marshmallows mm. yeah doesn't that actually just happen when you roast them <laughs> no but like the smokiness that goes all the way through the marshmallow and I'm not one of those people that likes, I, I rarely like my marshmallows over the fire um, because I could, I always would lose them or they would always catch on fire, but to have like the, that, that would be my perfect. So you need the technology that McDonald's did when they created the McGriddle with the maple flavor within the bun yeah. that they've done, yeah. but that, but smoked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're saying. Like roasting marshmallows is a it's a it's a science and an art. Because <laughs> it's stressful. I, it's so stressful because I get what you're saying you, to have the perfect roasted marshmallow that has like the yeah. smokiness to it that doesn't fall off and you know overly turn to a crisp. It's it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and there's yeah. also like fine motor and gross motor skills in there that are like, oh, super yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. And then I just get mm-hmm. too hot by too close to the fire. And I'm like trying to talk somebody into holding my stick for me. <laughs> See, I think this is a perfect segue into our topic because it's like, <laughs> if Len gets too close to the fire, he gets too dark. And for Lisa and I being white passing, like we get close too close to the fire and we just go bright red. <laughs> <laughs> and today's episode's topic yeah. is <laughs> white, white passing. passing. <laughs> Yeah, so this is going to be uh, an interesting episode for for us. This is our first time doing actually completely virtual. So Len and I usually are recording together. So this is our first time doing a virtual thing in our own little homes um, and our first guest. So we're really, really excited. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so white passing. Let's dive in. Um, it is. And it sucks. And it's something so that I've I, experienced for a long time. 
can 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 we have the little side note that I did mm-hmm. suggest a couple other topics, but because <laughs> finding other white passing people is, you know, I guess few and far between, I was totally kiboshed and it was like, nope, we have to deal with this. And so we're in it. We're in it together. Yeah. Now. yeah. And totally. for full context, all three of us <laughs> are in a group, group text message uh, mm-hmm. uh, thread. And we're talking about getting ready for tonight's episode. And Lisa was coming up with all these great <laughs> topics and then White Pass and we're like, yeah, that's a good one. We need to talk about that one. Because everything yeah. that we do here in A Wee Bit Resi is, is meant to be spicy. And this one's like a spicy mm-hmm. topic. Where do we ever yeah. have these conversations? Is it for, you know, private one-to-one and everything that we try to do here is elevate those conversations. So, and they're so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I've had such a mixed history with with being white passing and growing up on reserve um, and also kind of, you know, urban, like our, our reserve is kind of in a city. So or like at least close enough that um, it was kind of hard to find other people that were white passing or that would actually be willing to talk about being white passing. So Lise, when you brought that up, I was like, yeah, we're talking about that. <laughs> You're like, gonna talk about on this? that one. Sweet. Yeah, let's do it. So um, yeah. Uh, what is, well, I guess we could start by like kind of defining what white passing is. It's pretty self-explanatory, but because Lise and I are both um, indigenous, we, even though we have, um, very very strong connection to to being indigenous um we are perceived as white in many spaces and that's you know um at the grocery store or like even in within our own indigenous environments and stuff um we are are perceived as as less than or attitudes might change towards us when we when people find out that we actually are indigenous so Having the the skin tone that we do have um, is both a, a hindrance, but also a privilege at the same time. So, um, Lise, what are some of your experiences with being white passing? Actually, that was so well said. And I will say, because you can look at so many different angles of this, there's so many different nuances when you're navigating, especially in working in community mm-hmm. um, or, or, I mean, yeah, in, in spaces where I always self-identify. Um, and so I think I remember being in a meeting once for a job I used to do and somebody had said, had asked me a question and it was like speaking about indigenous youth and is this person indigenous? And I thinking to my list of people that I've been supporting, I'm like, well, that person's not on my list. So, um, Hmm. And, and the individuals had said, oh, you know, I really thought they, they would be, they fit the bill. And I was just like, Oof. just like deadpan in the mm-hmm. moment. And this is the thing about overt racism is that people, you have all these policies and procedures in place and you think, yeah, I'm going to, you know, the call out, call in, lean in, like all of these great mm-hmm. policies. But when you're in the room and it's actually happening and somebody is saying it, yeah. you freeze. I mm-hmm. think, I think most people will freeze and I did freeze and also was a like paraprofessional. So not, you know, this, these are not my peers. These are, you know, highly educated mm-hmm. adults in a room that are dealing with, um, certain things for indigenous youth and, and, uh, 
in that moment, I, I wasn't sure. I'm like, I'm so offended, but I don't even know how to be offended in this space because either you think I fit your bill and I'm mm-hmm. offended or you don't see the culture in me and I mm-hmm. don't fit your bill and I'm also offended. So I was right? like, I don't, I, don't, I don't even know what level of offense to take by this, but, and I did, and I uh-uh. wound up leaving the meeting and I call it the the spirit of the stairway where it's like, you know, you're get out the door and head down the stairs. Cause you're just so whatever. And mm. then the comeback comes to you, but do you turn yeah. around and go back and address it? Like, do you go back in that space? And I didn't. And I have regretted that every day since that I never, mm. I didn't go back in and correct it because I was terrified and I, I couldn't like formulate the right thing to say in the moment. And then I, it was I'm like, I don't want to go back and go back into that space, but, mm-hmm. um, and so you either see me or you don't. And either way, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you just feel sort of invisible. And I often always say like, when people do bring up the, anything to do with being white passing or, well, you don't look native mm-hmm. um, and they don't confuse race with culture. My skin yes. is not dark. Yeah. I can't, I, I, did, I had no control over that. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. for a time when I first started doing community work, I colored my hair very dark, like back to like my, mm. my natural color is quite dark. And I kept that up. Um, in the summer, you know, my skin goes fairly brown, but, but in the, in the winter, like I would, I would go tanning. Cause I'm like, I, I just, I need to still <laughs> have, please don't question because when you questioning mm-hmm. whether or not I deserve to be here, if I'm indigenous enough for you, um, right. it's this whole other level of shit that you have to like get through just so I can mm-hmm. show up at work and feel safe to do my job. Right. So, and I, I, that's an interesting point. It's like, you are willingly subjecting yourself to harm a harmful environment physically to get a skin tone that is acceptable to other people let alone all the other stuff that you're actually worth and and valued for within that space like you you blow me away with how much knowledge that you have and how much advocacy that you push for within um your multitude of, of different careers that you've had in the time that we've known each other that um ADHD rears its ugly. <laughs> what's least gonna be this week <laughs> yeah right but yet at the same time like I I I've really tapered down on like the beauty things that I've included in my life that um I'm like I don't like doing these but I'm doing them to fit in um so subjecting yourself to a tanning bed or or chemical tanning solutions just to have your skin look like what people expect you to look like, I think that's just stay brown, twisted. Hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And and as you yeah. can see, I am not brown. And yeah, uh, I stopped coloring my hair dark. Um, I got to a point where I had enough confidence in who I am and the teachings I carry and the spaces that I can hold to not have to feel that I need to look a certain race in order to be heard. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have me in the room and you won't listen to me because of how I look, you're not the right, I I don't need to be talking to you anyway, Mm -hmm. because I can't change your mind. And that's a really interesting place to get to Mm -hmm. as somebody who's white passing and 
drawn to community work. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine not working in community. Well, often <laughs> sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I could just go be Scottish because it would be yeah. so much easier. <laughs> yeah. Just be Scottish. But then my husband says, he's like, well, do you know how to be Scottish? And I'm like, no, but I, <laughs> you know, yeah. But, how hard can yeah. it be really? Right. <laughs> when you um, first brought up the topic of, of, you know, white passing my mind, I, I wanted to to talk about this because when I was growing up in, in, in the community that I was raised in, there was, we had a lot of, of, of white passing um, cousins, relatives, right. That I grew up alongside and we grew up as like such a close tight knit community, but it really made me think about how much there's so much racism in so many of our indigenous communities like that internalized racism, yes, but it's also racism just passed on to ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what it really made me think of. And I thought about that as like, as young as we could, po- I could possibly remember, there were certain contexts where you were too brown, which is when you're in school, mm-hmm. res in community. And then internally on the res, it was like this complete switch, this complete 180. And then it was like the flow in the other direction. And like some of my closest cousins are white passing, right? Um, and there would be like violence and really just mean like bullying that would happen internally in our community. And I remember feeling so like uh, feeling so uh, hurt by that because these were like some of, you know, closest cousins. And I'm like, really, we're, we're doing this to ourselves. I remember thinking that at like 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old. And then today I really worry about it because I'm like, well, I think I don't know if it's getting better with the more we talk about equity, diversity, inclusivity, I don't know, but my daughter is 16 years old and she's white passing, right? Um, people often ask her what her, uh, uh, what her background is, what her culture is, what her ethnicity is. And she's like, well, guess, right. She has fun with it. Right. And, and <laughs> I'm just going to mess with you now. Yeah. Yeah. What right? I look like. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's, 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 I, I try to, and I don't think I do a very good job at it, but try to put myself into her perspective on what that means coming up. Right. What that means as your identity is, is kind of forming. So mm-hmm. That's so funny that you say that because I mean, I remember doing that to a boy that I really liked. I I couldn't have been more than 15. And it was like, I just, I had to drop the bomb and I'm like, well, but my family's native. And that was the term at the time, right? Mm -hmm. Early nineties. And just to see like, are you actually worthy of my affection or is that going to freak you out? Because I'm just going to drop that bomb right now. Yeah. Trust me, if you can't accept that in me, you're certainly not going to enjoy our family dinners. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just yeah. weed this out right now. You're going to figure yeah. it out eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Fam- family di- dinners no would have been too resy for him. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, too much hamburger we soup. bologna or... sandwiches for dinner. <laughs> 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 and and you know it's the the gourmet when you get like official Oscar Mayer bologna men too. Oh, I've never had that. <laughs> There's always no name. Somebody, somebody gave me a can of spam as a housewarming gift once, and I just put it on the top of the stove because that was like super funny. And yeah. then my, my parents came to visit, and my dad was like, oh, he like opened it and cooked it one morning. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> oh, that's really funny. That was the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Lise, when do you remember uh, or like have some earliest memories of realizing that you're white passing? 
I, so, okay. So this is okay. Um, my grandma, my dad's mom, my Cree grandma, she came and lived with us when I was basically after I was born and she lived with us for five years till I started school. And we, I grew up in Williams Lake. So a very interesting place in the world to grow up and heavily populated indigenous, a lot of history in Williams Lake. Mm -hmm. It's the birthplace of Orange Shirt Day. And, and, um, we were, we had gone shopping and I was probably, I feel like I was like four or five. And this is kind of an offshoot of, did I realize I was white passing? She was full Cree and we were walking past a store and there were a couple of men sitting on the curb, you know, asking for change, dark men. And, uh, the, my, she used to call them rummies. <laughs> <laughs> like because they would drink rum I don't I don't know mm -hmm. what, where that came from <laughs> and um and they went to talk to me and when you're five like when somebody's talking to you especially an adult you turn and you look mm -hmm. and so they I guess had been asking for change or whatever and she like grabbed me and pulled me away and she looked at me and she said we don't talk to Indians oh. and I just remember being really confused mm. I was like I don't I don't understand what that means because being Indian in my family, like it was, we were, we were Indian. Like we mm -hmm. spoke Cree at home. Well, a little bit, my grandma moved away and nobody spoke it ever again. So that's all gone. But, and she was dark skinned, mm -hmm. very, you know, what's the word? Like traditionally looking a Cree woman. Mm -hmm. And so for, and she, I remember she grabbed me and said, we don't talk to Indians. I was like, what, mm -hmm. <laughs> what, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. um white passing it was I think not until I got into well no I don't know I had this one job and the woman that I worked with his family was all from close to where my family was from and she just I had never like self-identified it was it was the 90s like it was not a thing and I was about 18 and she was like are you Cree mm -hmm. and I was like oh, how did you know that <laughs> and she's yeah. like She's like, my sister-in-law, my brother just married this woman and you look very similar. Mm -hmm. And again, like, I don't, I don't, you know, we're in Coast Salish territory and uh, I, I have very no shared traits with Coast Salish nations. But if you put me in the middle of Saskatchewan, I look a lot like everybody else. And yeah. so I remember being, I was like, oh, really? I was so excited. <laughs> and I was like, oh, cause I know mm -hmm. that I don't look it. But yeah, to be, to get that little bit of acknowledgement. And there was one time my husband also said, he's like, you know, I really see it in you now. And I don't know what he meant by, <laughs> I don't know what that meant, but he meant it was from a good place. And like, he's on his journey too, right? Like he's learned so much. And I will say like, even me starting community work a number of years ago, God, it's gotta be like 15 years ago now. And I remember him, I'd had some book on the table and it was like, decolonizing education or, or something mm. that was beautifully written. And I was just like, I need to reconnect to this. I'm going to do work in this space. Now I really want to, to, to know more and do more. And he had picked up and he'd sort of thumbed through it. And at that point we'd been together for a number of years. So he's met my family and <laughs> good, bad and the ugly and, uh, and heard a lot of stories. And, but it was in that moment, it was like a Friday afternoon. And he was like, I don't live in the Canada that I thought I did. And, and mm -hmm. 
just me taking that one job now working in community sort of highlighted it. And it was around then he's like, I really, I do see it in you now. And and we had a big chuckle. I was like, oh, my feathers are showing. Like, <laughs> <hey>. <laughs> Finally. And, uh, but he took a whole weekend. He was like, I don't want to talk about this. And then we like, we're having dinner mm-hmm. on Sunday days. I came ready to talk about it. Like mm-hmm. I don't live in the Canada that I thought I did. And I just, I need time to like work through this. Like this mm-hmm. is, this is big because everything I've ever been taught is like Canada, rah, 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 like all of these things. He's like, but we've been together for a number of years and I'm white passing. So we don't have to weather a lot of the things that some of my friends do. And I trust me, like I'm, I always gravitate to my cousins, to my people, to, to I, you know, if there's, if there's an indigenous person in the room, I literally like, I'm just <laughs> like a little white magnet and I'm just going to, <laughs> I'm like, this is, this is my space. Mm-hmm. And, it probably makes some people uncomfortable until until we start to talk. They're like, "Oh, oh, you, you're in there. <laughs> oh, you're one of us. Okay, <laughs> yay, cousin." Um, but, but we haven't had to navigate a lot of that, those things. Like, I go to the grocery store here and where I live with a friend of mine who lives on reserve, and and like she will get a tail in the grocery store, like mm-hmm. store person, like watching her intently, and I'm like, dude, like. <laughs> She's a professional. Yeah. She's, you know, and and not even to say like she's well dressed. She is a beautiful individual. And yet, because she is clearly indigenous, we've got people following us in the store. And then, mm-hmm. you know, if we're apart, and then when we come back together, we lose the tail. Mm. And we've seen it and called it out a couple of times to each other. I'm like, oh my God, yeah. did you see that? Like, was yeah. she following you until like your white friend came to make sure you didn't mm. steal? Mm-hmm. Wow. But we yeah. don't, we, yeah. I have not had to deal with that, like really sort of that level because I'm white mm-hmm. passing. Mm-hmm. In other spaces where, because I tick the box and I always self, I self-identify my kid and she's like, very white passing. <laughs> um, it, to the point where in her school, where she's one of very few indigenous youth, like maybe three or four, I would guess. I um, when I did fill out her school registration to go there, the, they actually called twice. Like I filled it out in full, like and Cree and Métis and, and both are the nation that our family is from and the Métis nation that our family is from. Like it was a very full registration form and they called to make sure that it wasn't a mistake. Mm. And I'm like, nope, she's yeah. indigenous. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know she has blonde hair, curly <laughs> and bright green eyes, mm-hmm. but you know, and then, and then they actually called back a second time. Oh, oh my, God. my gosh. Yeah. So two ah. weeks later, somebody else called just to make sure it wasn't a mistake. I'm like, okay, a mistake is where you tick one box. It's not a mistake if the nation's yeah, are I know. Mm-hmm. But what, what really drives me nuts is where people just get the comfort in just thinking that it's okay to ask or clarify, like if as if they have mm-hmm. like like we all worked in the education system. And when teachers, I would constantly get that about, you know, our students, our learners. And I'm like, yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. And so just stop, right? Like yeah. and just the commentary. Oh, well, they don't look indigenous. I'm like, really? no, we just, yeah. And the fact that they actually identify, like, trust me, it's not to your benefit. Okay? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. For oh, them yeah. to feel safe enough to identify, just like, 
you should just shut up right now and be on and just be on your right. way. Exactly. And I, I, I hate to be really harsh about this because that's not my personality at all. And I, I feel like part of it is um with doing this podcast, a bit more of my spiciness is coming out. It's like, oh I geez, with that degree in the wall, I didn't realize that you uh looked stupid. Yeah. Because it's like I just can't imagine <laughs> the things that some of these people end up saying, especially when you it comes from um people within an education system that are dealing with students and the judgment right yeah yeah and and the fact that it's still going on harshly today and you know part of the reason that we've all worked in education and have um these jobs is I would say partly to combat this this idea of of white privilege and advocating for the students that actually need the help because irregardless of their skin tone um, it's their their family life and their home life and the things that are affecting them in the classrooms. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just to kind of like do a little segue, um, share with uh, some of my white passing um, incidences. It's some of the earliest stuff I remember feeling othered by my own first and second cousins. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my first and second cousins um, are just slightly less white passing than I am um but I remember being outcasted by them just because I, I look somewhat different and then I've I've experienced some of that similar idea in in school um and, and being treated differently because I'm not exactly what people expect a, a little native girl will look like although my baby pictures say something totally different <laughs> mine too um, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, we have to compare baby pictures. Honestly, I can't wait. (laughs) Um, But even up into recently as last week, I walked into a school and I said, hi, I'm, I'm here with indigenous education. And um, the, the look on the the person's face was, Oh, Hey, how's it going? Indigenous education. Oh yeah. Sign in. Uh And it was, it took so much in me um, because it was so recent and, and with doing this podcast to be like, really, did you just flip the switch yeah. when you heard that I was from Indigenous Education? And the rest of the week um, or the the few days that I was there, um, she would look at me and then turn away. Oh. And I was like, you're kidding. I... I it leaves me speechless and dumbfounded, but to the point where I want to lash out (laughs) Mm -hmm. that this is still something that is um, so prevalent. And um, part of that uh, hidden in between privilege and um, unprivilege of, of being white passing that um, I actually get to see the switch in, in people's reactions to me um and and see you actually visibly see the racism come out and it is it's a trip it's big big trip and it's something that I what do you do in that situation you know I know Lisi said that earlier it's like you just end up being dumbfounded and then I freeze yeah I have all these tools I've been in this work for 15 years I have all the tools and for me like when I'm in when I was in schools when it happened if it happened like between kids or between 
in certain places, I was, it was so easy for me to just step in and shut that down. But when it's Mm -hmm. at you, it's so different. It's so, so different. I like, I, I had a, on the other side of the white passing. So there's the one side, but on the other side of, it also has afforded and me and Candace, I know like schools are different, Mm -hmm. but it has afforded me it having moved on from that to sit at some very high tables in, Mm -hmm. in places. And I actually, I remember saying this to somebody at work recently and, um, (laughs) and they were like, no. And I'm like, Oh yes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm white passing. And it's, it's totally unconscious bias. Like, but the fact that like, I will get into certain meetings that I probably have no business being in, but to me, to them, I'm, I'm safe. Cause I'm white. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're palatable. Right. right. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then I speak and I don't get invited. Back. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I do feel I do get a lot of that as well of of feeling like um, uh, staff members will will come to me to help fix a problem within um, some. So my job is so unique in in how it runs, but like we have a individual schedule at individual schools. And if there's an issue with it, they come to me because, you know, I'm the the, you know, the the most palatable person to them. And that's. I also speak in a way that is um, conducive to them. You're so and... well spoken. Do you get that? <laughs> I get that. You're so well spoken. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, with you? okay. So, what are you saying about my family members who didn't graduate from high school? Then, mm-hmm. like, just because they didn't get a full and complete education like you did. Or because they might speak with a bit of a res accent, you think that they're not intelligible enough to to have a conversation with them? Like, it blows my mind. Blows my mind. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. Yeah. I don't know how you can prepare yourself for that because, again, like you, Mm -hmm. I say, like, I'm like, no, I've been in this kind of work for a couple of years now. I feel like I have tools. And I wouldn't say it's very often where I'm like um, kibosh or, or sideswipe, but it's in your moments of like deer in the headlights. You're like, holy shit, did that just freaking happen? And that's mm-hmm. where it's like you're, you're flabbergasted. You're stunned and you can't. And I'm like, okay, then my brain goes into, okay, you have skills, you have skills. Uh, uh, and there's that panic, <laughs> which tool do you reach for? And you can't, yeah. you can't do it. Um, one of the things that- You don't, I, but- No, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to, I'm like, so actually, you know what? And this is, I love Len's work. Len, I love your work. And <laughs> I, from, from the book of Len, actually, and I, I talk about the time of work, is, you know, the very definition of oppression is to have all of your Indigenous work land on your very few Indigenous people with no, like, support system and no, none of these things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I use that. Uh, all the time to advocate for why you need a mixed team mm-hmm. and why you have to have your allies in the team on the team front facing every single day and the for the re- for the exact reason of uh, recently 
was in a meeting where there were some very um like overtly racist comments mm. made about Métis people, which I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and and I I froze because I was sitting next to another Métis person mm. um, and who I had personally invited to the meeting to this safe space to do this great piece of work. <laughs> Turns out, no. No. Bad, 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 bad. <laughs> Yeah, it was awful. And and so as and as the comments were coming out, and I was like, Oh, my and I'm like, just absolutely frozen. And I looked across to my teammate, an ally, an incredible human. And all I did was mouth help. Mm -hmm. I could not step in I couldn't because it was like, Métis people have no land claim, blah, 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 they shouldn't be invited to this blah, blah. And I was like, Oh my God, what you saying? Yeah. 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 And, so and, and that's that those comments that we get from other Indigenous people is also dumbfounding because, you know, then we're not white enough. We're obviously not dark enough. Um, so then why, you know, why not? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, ultimately, like we could say, oh, you know, you can create your own space, but like we do desire a sense of belonging um but that belonging also has to be a safe space and if you have your own people um enforcing and and creating unsafe spaces for other indigenous people then that's really not a healthy situation but it's and super common it is the federal it is. Violence community is so yeah. Yeah. common and it's yeah. like hey you know I, i'm like and I, this is super because I I have my family's Cree. They're also Métis. I identify both. It pisses the government mm-hmm. off because I tick both boxes. I'm like, you yeah. can't put me in one spot. Yeah, we'll <laughs> identify both. Um, but but we don't hold up our cousins, our First Nations cousins, and our Métis cousins, and we don't come together to hold each other up. We are just constantly in this just weird. I know it's learned behavior and it, mm-hmm. I, I don't, but, but we don't ever talk about it. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. it's, it's lateral violence, yeah. which is a product and a manifestation and a tool of colonization. That's yeah. all it is. Right. And that's why I'm like, yeah. it, it, we're pulling our hair out when we're in these spaces to try and work together. And then it's like, oh, well, you're not indigenous enough. Oh, well, you're not cultural enough. Oh, well, you're not intelligent or academic enough. Or, you know, it's just this, it's the violence passed on to ourselves, which I'm like- Or it's too much culture and not enough academia. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All of this measuring and this measuring up to colonial standards, which are not helpful, not healthy, not constructive. No, exactly. And- you know, then you get um, some of those thoughts and opinions that are, are traveling up into the higher echelons of, of various workplaces, mm-hmm. um, whether it is the education system or um, private sector or healthcare or government systems. Um, it's just riddled with um, all of this prejudice and um, just pure lack of, of education and understanding. Um and, and this desire to be the right person in the room that, no, my opinion is is the right one. You are too white. Or, oh, my opinion is the right one. You aren't brown enough for me. Um, you aren't cultural enough for me. You didn't what grow up in the smokehouse. 
right? How about rights holders? This is this yeah. weird language that's come out recently that's government's really gotten a hold of. And I see all these press releases and it's like, and this is in distinction space, but then they always go into like rights holders. And I'm like, so what rights are you talking about? Are you talking about yeah. status? Mm-hmm. Because really. if you are, you've literally just excluded like two thirds of the indigenous population that don't <laughs> have status. That's yeah. so problematic. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, for, um, the area that we live in, it is so diverse and, and, um, filled with people from all over the world that, uh, that also includes other indigenous people displaced from other parts of Canada. So how can you just kibosh, um, their existence Yes, they might be not on their traditional territory, but they are on Indigenous land. And you can't just completely erase them by saying, no, this sole thing gets the sole rights to this exact thing and no one else has access to it. When, you know, ultimately, if we're going to save our cultures all across Turtle Island, we have to include the people who have been um, intentionally or unintentionally displaced from their traditional territories. Oh, and, and yeah, Saskatchewan's like really cold. So I will tell you that you will find <laughs> my dad says a Cree behind every tree in BC. Like, <laughs> like, oh, look at this beautiful weather. This is great. <laughs> I love your dad. But, <laughs> you know, right? yes. but really, like, exactly right. And I've been seeing that a lot in, in government life. She was like, rights holders. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Because if you're mm-hmm. trying to work with friendship centers, you basically just excluded like half the people that are going to friendship yeah. centers, um, non-status Indians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Yeah, exactly. I'm the only one in my family who doesn't have status, but I'm mm. also the only one in my family who didn't go to residential school and yeah. aches. And I'm not yeah. talking like my parents and my grandparents. I'm talking my siblings, like my brother. Mm-hmm. And my yeah, you know? exactly. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Is all I, I can say is like, I heard I just... you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so, it's so messed up. I just can't believe you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. And it's other people's opinions that seem to be the driving force to, to what, what you are and what matters in our society. And that's, so heavy it is yeah. heavy. yeah holy hey, someone tell a joke <laughs> right someone tell a joke <laughs> <laughs> and can go. walk into a bar no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i know yeah um that was a heavy one do we what what are what is our timeline um we're almost at time we got three minutes okay um we sing a song no i'm just kidding yeah. <laughs> be be real tradition sing like what um Madonna? take it away lise know. take it away <laughs> exit stage left <laughs> wow oh my goodness no, I, you know what i think um i love i love your podcast i love the spiciness because exactly <laughs> that there's so many things and and even in some of the work i do um we'll have to do like revisions on certain things because mm, that wasn't the positive spin on it. And I'm like, yeah, but you're not having the hard conversations. Like 
Mm. It's, it can't all be sunshine and roses. It, it isn't. And in this time of reconciliation, and I'm really starting to hate that word because again, it, it, mm-hmm. it, yeah. it's like, there's, there's a destination and mm-hmm. it, it's not a destination. <laughs> like you never, it's never like, Oh, we've reconciled. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, yeah. That's not, first of all, it's not human nature. And there's, you know, 40 lifetimes from now, there are still going to be legacies mm-hmm. that are left behind by people doing good work, but also people doing harm. And I, I think that when we use terms like reconciliation or even like the cultural safety, it's the outcome. And I think the only person in the room that can deem whether the place is culturally safe is the person. <laughs> it's singular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not yeah. culturally safe blanket culturally safe mm-hmm. for all indigenous people or all, all these people and we're we're so good at like setting it's like now that it's this goal but it's an unreachable goal because it's not mm-hmm. a destination yes it's exactly many yeah. access points and it's lifelong so yeah. i think that yeah. we frame it poorly but but i love that this podcast is spicy <laughs> and thank you so much for saying that because I think that you know some of the the topics that that we want to talk about are are exactly that right where it's like whoa they're so spicy and like we don't have those conversations anywhere else and we're like well mm-hmm. if anybody's gonna have if anybody's gonna talk about them then hell let's talk about them because we can't be yeah. the only indigenous peoples you know, who are thinking and, and having these conversations and to use this mm-hmm. podcast as a platform. And like you said, it's not all sunshine and rainbow. So like, that's just like, this is just part of the work. It's part of the change. It's part of the transformation. So thank you for that. Yeah. Because thank that's you. What, yeah. yeah, that's what this is all about. Yeah, I, lo- I love that. We honestly like, yes, incredible work. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us. And um yeah, having this nice, light, breezy conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and one thing I do want to add on to um, this safe space idea is uh, for for individuals who, who might end up facing um, similar situations and, and in being white passing in, because it, that's what this episode is about, is that it's not just non-Indigenous spaces that need to be safe. It's Indigenous spaces that need to be safe. Or it's a room off of a reserve um, in a school or in a meeting room at the top of like a you know, 50 floor tower um, that's full of white people and there's another Indigenous person. And if it's um, if it's not a safe space, you, you have the right to either stand up for yourself or leave that situation. Um, and if you yeah. freeze in the moment, that's also okay and totally yes. normal. Yeah. It's not a yeah. failure on you pulling your tools out. Mm-hmm. It's a very normal and real response to freeze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. Wonderful. Thank you, Lee, so much for Thank you, Lee. Um, we love we'll Lee. <laughs> yeah, we do. We we stand Lise and uh, I'm pretty sure we'll have her back on um, in our little group chat. I'm sure there's like 50 topics that we've thrown out. I had so many ideas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. And could you imagine like if we get this done in like in person one time, you know, it's like a bunch of cats trying to record a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but safe space 
Oh, totally. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And that's, you know, that's exactly what we want here is this is a safe space. And, you know, whether, whether you agree with us or not, we, we completely understand and we will accept you into the space to, to share and hear your opinion. So, um, and Liz, with that know, being, I'm always yes. I'm a sucker for a touching appeal. You yeah. know, I, I'm never here to argue. I have my own worldview, but I really like it when somebody gives me a, a pearl and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I never thought of that. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. Yeah. 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 We need to exactly. do that more with each other, especially in this stuff. Yes. Yeah. So listeners, if you have something to add to this conversation, um, as per usual, we we have our email um a wee bit resi at chata.ca and uh, i think you can reach out on spotify or something too i i, I still don't know how it works and okay. or how many deep i don't know <laughs> there could be a link below there could be something above there could be a shit i don't know there's, there's something there's something there. somewhere yeah <laughs> you're all smart people figure it out we're we're all smart hard people. i swear we're yeah. smart we got this far i mean we're on episode yeah. i don't know <laughs> who knows yeah it started as a dream now look at us we're here <laughs> was it a dream or were we just drunk we were well (laughs) (laughs) thank you for listening to today's episode we'll see you at the next one bye bye thanks for listening to this week's episode of a wee bit resi podcast feel free to answer our weekly what's up cousin question in uh this in the comment section your yeah. question section exactly. <laughs> of this episode yeah you can also send us an email at a wee bit resi at sean.ca and if you want to stay in touch with us give us a like on facebook we're on facebook and other social media platforms soon to come